0: Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, and welcome back to On the Table Gaming, episode 34. And today, actually, I'm joined by some of the OG original podcast supporters and original supporters of the Song of Ice and Fire game. These guys were supporting the game before it was cool. So welcome back onto the podcast after maybe some you know 20-something or 30 episodes. Mike Meeple from Mike Meeple Painting Poorly. So welcome back. Glad to be back. And of course, Mark Albanese is from a Song of Ice and the premier online web builder for a Song of Ice and Fire The Miniatures game. You know it. Thanks for <laughs> being back. Thanks for inviting me back. All right. So this is a crazy, this is a crazy weekend here. I I've been like, you know, up to my elbows and trying to get coverage and videos out and stuff. Um, we had the CMON Expo, and uh things are looking pretty good for Song of Ice and Fire. Did you guys happen to get a chance to catch that stream?
1: Oh yeah. I didn't catch the stream, but I kind of was uh checking in on my, on like whenever I had break at work uh, <laughs> and I was checking up and I was like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. It was really exciting. <laughs> Real cool stuff.
2: Yeah. I, I was watching, I was watching it live and was very excited by it. Mostly by the, the new units as I don't play a lot of Lannister and that was most of the big changes. So.
0: Yeah. I was uh, actually administering an exam and there were some students that had like extra time and I'm sitting there like, okay, it's like 1130. Eleven forty-five. I'm like, come on, finish the exam. Like, Give me that, and then ran over and got on my phone and started watching. Um, but yeah, I saw some familiar faces in the chat, but some really cool stuff that we'll be talking through. But before we jump into that, uh, you know, let's just catch up for a little bit. How how have things been? How many you been getting any games in? Playing any tournaments? What's life been like playing A Song of Ice and Fire? It's been good, man. It's been good, at least for me.
1: I've been playing in a few more tournaments, uh, actually. Uh, one, uh, a local one here in Fresno, way out in Fresno, California.
0: Nice. We have to update your name in the uh, Discord server to uh, Mike the Champion Meeple now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I got to give props to the the tournament organizers out here in, in the Central Valley. You know, Alex and Preston, um, they're just just. Kicking ass, you know, really trying to develop the uh, community and um, hosting learn to plays and monthly tournaments with awesome prizes. I know he posted it on the main group on Facebook, but they brought a, uh, a horn mug with the free folk, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, the free folk phrase, we, we do not kneel, that was engraved that on
0: amazing. it. Amazing.
1: Yeah, and that, was, that went to the uh, highest ranked player who was running free folk that day just to kind of incentivize people to run different armies and whatnot
0: that's crazy
1: yeah yeah so i mean they are just kicking ass and and really really doing some awesome stuff out here so and really building the community you know when i first started playing going to the tournaments it would be like maybe three or four people but um we had we had cumulative uh between a learn to play and everything we had about eight uh guys come out nice yeah you know for a small tournament for a small town just a local tournament that's a lot of a lot of different guys and a lot of different uh play styles so that was really awesome i was actually
0: getting messaged earlier day from someone on the discord who was talking about how they they have a local community that there's not a lot of people to play with and they're like man like you know i try to play some games on tabletop simulator because i don't know a lot of people nearby me and like i don't know how to get things started and it sounds like that's kind of a secret, right? Just like keep showing up and being persistent and trying to get other people excited.
1: Yeah, you know, and we've got we've got two um local game stores here in town that uh started the support. They started supporting it. You know, one has kind of gone by the wayside. They were kind of like this isn't going well for us. Um and the other they're like it's not selling very well, so they they really stopped discontinuing it. And the other it's they can't keep it on the shelf. You know, mm-hmm. I go, yeah, you know, I, I, I went to go pick up, um, all of the, um, May releases, uh, and they sold out of everything, but a conscript and a warrior sons. That's all I got.
2: <laughs> I'm seeing the same, honestly, in, in my area, is that one one shop is having trouble selling it and the other shop is just selling out. The other shop happens to be the miniature market shop. Oh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it hard for the other one, but I bet, man. Yeah, yeah, The prices are a little better.
0: Yeah, man. My local is still building up. The main place I want to play it at, um, like my most regular game store, they're not actually like really committed to it yet. So I'm still trying to push there, and I'm, I'm hoping this summer be able to, like, you know, just pr- turn that corner. Because uh, you know, sometimes it's just nice to be able to play it at like the most convenient location.
2: Yeah, but sure, we'll, sure, we'll get there well the place i play it most of the time is the place that doesn't really sell it but i've i've been in there as much as i can with having the new kid and all that and i uh i've been trying to get people playing so we'll see if we can continue to build the community it's been slowly and slowly getting bigger
0: and how many uh how, how long is it? what's older a song of ice and fire the miniatures game or your child a song of ice and fire the miniatures game. wow okay look at that that's About how old twice, twice as old <laughs> Well, let's jump in and talk about uh, CMON Expo then. Now they have some cool panels and some great information revealed. And the first thing they showed us was that they're updating to version 1.4, and they changed around the stats on some of the units. So starting right off the bat, they took the Stark Umber Champion, and it used to be uh, that he had the ability Fury Unleashed. If this unit has one or more destroyed ranks, its melee attacks gained Vicious. If it has two destroyed ranks, the defenders also become panicked. And that's been changed. Now it's updated to say, when this unit makes a melee attack, it may roll plus two attack dice and, and gain vicious. If it does, after this attack is completed, unless this unit has only one remaining rank, it suffers D3 wounds.
2: I think it really fits the Berserkers a lot better. And it kind of takes a uh, a note from the uh, Sworn Swords with the whole, with if there's one rank remaining, nothing happens. But it, I think it fits the Berserkers better because you want that that low amount of uh health left with the berserkers
1: yeah you know and i i rarely ran the umber champion usually if i did run him, i would kind of fit them in with the stark sworn swords so that you could do you know st- uh you know stark fury and fury unleashed to get the plus hit and the and the vicious combo but this kind of opens it up so that you could run them in in something else you know i i think it's a good update
2: yeah i don't think i ever ran the berserker Uh, until or the uh, umber champion with my berserkers or my even my sworn swords until now
0: and that was actually always the dilemma josh who is not with us today he's traveling he would often not run the umber berserker but he loved the model so much he'd be like hey is it okay if i proxy the umber champion as like my sworn sword captain or something uh so now he'll finally actually use the miniature that goes with the card and I'm I'm always kind of scared as a mostly a free folk player now. Anytime I'm seeing something get more attack dice, that just scares me because you start to get that territory where it's like a potential to like wipe a unit in one attack. You know, you hit them and then I take four to four to six wounds from a failed panic test. Yeah, you know, this this gets terrifying. So many Stark units now can get close to that threshold.
1: Oh yeah, that Umber Champion. That's essentially just two more dead free folk.
0: Ooh, ooh, and it's vicious. Negative two to their panic test. That's That's a lot. (laughs) But uh, that's not the only change they had. There was also Sandor Clegane, the Hound. So the old rule was the Hound's Fury before rolling dice. This unit's melee attack may gain plus one to hit and vicious. If it does, after this attack is completed, the unit suffers D3 wounds. Now uh, he has cut them down. When an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, they suffer two additional wounds. What are you thinking?
1: and it's fine it's fine i don't know that this is any better than what we did have i mean i think it's a little more um a little more useful in in, especially in those lannister panic lists but you know i don't know i still don't know that he's worth the amount of points that he cost you know he's still kind of expensive for that effect
2: yeah i agree i mean it's a it's a nice change because i don't think i've ever seen the hound played <laughs> yeah but, exactly uh, ever yeah but i don't <laughs> think it's that big of an upgrade i mean it, it's definitely like like mike said good with those panic lists so it's kind of neat so
0: and it is per uh enemy engaged with the unit so a panic list can feasibly now have multiple units engaging this unit and he can push out you know plus two wounds on on three units or something
2: yeah so, you I mean, put there's him a... on the you put them on the guardsman and it it really yeah
0: it's a really specific anymore. list you got to build, but like yeah, but I mean, I if can you're see how you him on... build that list.
1: But if you're you're running guardsmen, you want guard captain. You're not going to want Clegane, you know. So that that's kind of yeah. the that's kind of the issue with that. So you would optimally you put him in a Lannister list with Lannister supremacy, you know, a unit with Lannister supremacy, but also has really good morale. And I don't know that there is a unit that has that.
0: Well, I mean, true. would that would that be the uh... Warrior Sons, they don't have Lannister supremacy. Oh, you're right. Darn. Yeah. Gee, man, I, this is kind of a puzzle. I think I like it. I, I think I definitely like it better than the Old Hound's Fury ability. But I guess I just don't really see where it goes yet. If If you're listening, maybe in the comments, um, let us know. You know, how would you put the Hound into a list?
2: Can we throw him on a horse and throw him on the Knights' Castly Rock? Rock. Ooh, that'd be that so good. That would
0: be, that'd be amazing, Michael Chenal. If you're listening. He's <laughs> gloom to a horse. Just glue him. Or who <laughs> do I Jim Jim Ludwig. That's who we need. Uh, start sculpting that. Uh, okay, we got Jamie Lannister as well. So the old one had
2: the old Jamie Lannister only had it was uh, just the counter-attack, counterattack, which is yeah. already
0: there, and all they did was add Kingslayer's prowess. So the old counterattack was basically you a hit, the attacker automatically suffered one hit, and now uh, with the Kingslayer's prowess, when a friendly unit within short range is attacked with melee. After attack dice are rolled, that unit gains plus one to defense save rolls for that attack.
2: I mean, I think this really goes well with any list you're going to have Jamie in, just because it's probably going to be a more defensive list anyway, and you're just going to buff that part of it.
1: I think it's awesome. I think that that I, I, Kingslayer Jamie was already finding a, a home in a lot of lists, especially you put him in the Halberdiers you know, um, so that they are just super defensive and can just sit there and and, uh, camp on wherever they need. Um, But you add Kingslayer's prowess and that just, I mean, they haven't taken anything away. They've just made him even more badass.
0: Absolutely. And I'm I'm still hoping to get like a Lannister Halberdier army that really runs well. I just find that I can typically kind of outperform with other variations, but maybe I'll try running Jamie Lannister with him. And then we got Gregor Clegane, Lord Tywin's mad dog. So still has inhuman strength. So this unit's melee attack rolls plus two dice and gains sundering. But there's been a change to uncontrolled rage. So it used to be this unit must always declare a charge action if able. But what happened was, as we saw at way back at Adepticon with Don Shelky is you could take a direwolf and always like position it just at the maximum threat range, so he had to charge and roll a 6 to get it. And you could basically just kite the mountain and his unit across the table. So now he's got uncontrolled rage when this unit activates. If it could declare a charge, it must make a morale test. On a failure, it must charge, but it automatically counts as rolling a 6 for its charge distance. Yeah, That's I, that I like this a lot better. <laughs>
2: I, I like this a lot better because he could. You could so easily kite him before, and you could just screw that unit over. Um, but now, either you have to make a charge, but you get that full distance.
1: So
0: you can oh, cover a lot of ground then. Do it.
1: Yeah, you could. So it's risky to get in there. You know, I I like it. I think that, that I I think that he's really strong. I think that this is probably the only uh, unit's improvement, like the only improvement where I thought, ooh that might be a little too much, you know, (laughs) like, like an overcorrection in the wrong, in the wrong way, you know, where, where I I didn't, yes, yes. You could kite Gregor Clegane's unit, you know, pretty easily before, but now it's like, damn, like, what are you going to do against that?
0: Well, I mean, as it'd be the voice of Josh who is missing right now, uh, Josh is not a fan of three point character attachments. He'd say, well, this is a three point unit you're paying for all of those abilities.
1: I guess that is true. That is true.
2: I was going to say, I think overall that those, a lot of people don't play those three point attachments because of that. Yeah. That's half a unit. Yeah. They're
0: expensive. In fact, that's a full unit of free folk Raiders. No one plays free folk. Get (laughs) out of here. What? Uh, that's all.
1: How about this? That's almost a unit of Night's Watch conscripts. Maybe I'll take right that. <laughs> Night's Watch. That's the way to go. Seventy-five oh, we'll percent of later. Night's Watch conscripts, right there.
0: Well, maybe we'll get something a little bit free folky here with the giant, uh, the giant of Lannister. That is, though. So we got Tyrion Lannister. So he used to have his order adaptive planning. It's actually remained the same. While this unit is engaged, you may expend a condition token on an enemy engaged with this unit as if it were any other condition token. But now as order counter strategy, it used to be roll a die on a three plus cancel an order tactics card whenever that unit is, ta- is targeted by a tactics card. But now it's when an enemy within short range uses an order or is targeted by a tactics card. So he's got a little bit of a buff in that it used to be having to be engaged with the unit using the tactics card or order. Now he's got a short range bubble. So he doesn't always have to be up there in the thick of things.
2: I kind of look at him like the change to Jamie, where now he has a sphere of influence and he can really control everything else on the battlefield instead of just what's right
1: up against him yeah he's it, this this is another good change. I don't think that it's um I, I don't think it's unfair, you know, and I think that it makes sense, you know, especially because a lot of times you're running, putting Tyrion and, you know, crossbowmen, you know, that sort of a thing, and they're not necessarily going to get engaged, but now they've got that short range, that ability to, to kind of just mess with people around them and create that defensive bubble.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's cool, like, thematically, right? He's giving out orders now instead of just, like, being with his one unit. I mean, his model's pointing, so I feel like he should be pointing at units in short range. Yeah, absolutely. And then we've got Tywin Lannister, the Great Lion. So it's a little bit of an update to the Reigns of Castamere. So now, um, once per game at the start of any turn, choose one enemy combat unit. That unit becomes panicked, vulnerable, weakened, and its attachment loses all abilities until the end of the round. So it used to be just that its attachment would lose its abilities until the end of the round. Now the unit loses those abilities as well. That's a that's a pretty big uh, bump.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, you I rarely saw Tywin played as an NCU. I usually usually almost always see him, you know, as as an attachment. They put him in um, they put him in halberdiers or they put him in something that needs that that Lannister supremacy. So um, this is an awesome, awesome update for him.
2: Yeah, I mean I like it. There's a lot of times when you're not going to be going, you're not going to have a good attachment to try and take away the abilities so you can target a lot more now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a 4 point uh NCU, but man, especially on some of those game modes, what is it? Uh, Winds of Winter where you've got to get like the tokens out, that's one of like the secret objectives. Whew. He's good. He's good just for that. And then let's get into some of the new stuff here then. So besides the updated characters that we've already got, we have uh, some spoiled neutrals coming out in the neutrals hero box too. And they gave us four examples out of what looks like seven possible units in that box. And starting off, we've got Walder Frey, Lord of the Crossing, backing the winning side. So he's got an influence, when Walder influences a unit, that unit suffers one wound. If you are the first player or if you control the crown zone, the influence unit and his attachment loses all abilities. And he's got a cool little chair model he's like sitting in. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. Can I just tell you how excited I am for this NCU? Like as someone who plays uh, Night's Watch and, um, and Starks, you know, we don't necessarily have many options of like shut everything down shut everything off you know but now with walder you do have that option you know and you have um you have different ways of triggering it you know what you could either be the first player or you could claim that crown zone um so you know i i'm just i'm super excited about walder frey
2: yeah, it's it's interesting. It kind of gives you that Tywin Lannister ability we were just talking about, but it lets you put it in a lot of different armies where you can kind of shut people down, but you can do it more than once a game. You take a wound, but I don't... Exactly. Wound, or you don't take a wound, you give a wound, don't you? Never mind. I was looking at it wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of crazy in that um, it's kind of easy to activate then, right? So if you're the first player, so out of the six rounds, three of those rounds, you will be the first player and then on the other 3 you just have to get the crown zone which you know they can try and stop but you know half the game he's uh he's doing his thing
1: yeah yeah it's awesome you know more than that really you, guaranteed half the game he's doing that thing and yeah. then if you you know and then if you're not the first player they have to take that crown zone otherwise you're going to crown zap somebody they're automatically going to lose one wound and then they're going to shut off all their abilities so you know this is stopping them on so many levels it's really just going to be a linchpin and just locking and locking people down.
2: Yeah, it has an aspect of control to it, not only because you're shutting off abilities, but you're
1: forcing them to take that first turn. Exactly, you're forcing them to take the crown zone on their first turn; otherwise, you're going to take it.
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, NCU's kind of have that, but I think this one's really punishing.
0: And I'm wondering how. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be like a four point NCU. I think they said in the stream that it was going to be an
2: expensive one, which would make okay. me four points because we haven't seen anything higher. And yeah. I don't know if it would need to be higher, especially since you need to control the zone. Right. Yeah, I think, I think four points the is
1: fair. I think, I think three points would be a little cheap, but four points is good.
2: Yeah. Three points would be an auto-include in, like, every list.
0: Yeah. You, yeah. You've just got to take uh, Night's Watch. you got to take him and Craster and just have, like, the, old, the whole, like, bench team that sits on their chairs. <laughs> Maybe down the line, you get, like, a brand or something. All right, let's move on. We got a uh, Jacken Hagar. So the unnamed, uh, faceless man here, and his order is taking a new name once per game at the start of any turn. Replace Jacken with a with one previously destroyed infantry attachment, friendly or enemy. Wow. Yeah, that's that's
2: interesting. I I don't know how often I would personally use it because I feel like it depends on what your enemy's running, unless you really want to play it off. Uh, one of your units dying but it, it
1: definitely changes some things it's interesting yeah i mean i think he's a i think he's a really cool mechanic i think it's a really cool effect but i and like thematic for sure but i don't know gameplay wise you know the only thing i can think is is maybe with with something like a bran or or not a bran a ricon or or something like that or an osha where you have to like kill kill something to to cause an effect, you know. You know you can kind of chain Oshas together to keep Rick on jumping around. Oh,
0: um, interesting.
1: Yeah, but but other than that, I don't know that that's really doing much for you. You know,
2: it feels a bit situational, and you can't
0: necessarily control the situation. All right, that's true. Although if you have like a, a pretty standard list that's got you know uh, like a repeating theme of units and you lose your Jamie Lannister and you really want to have a, a specific strategy built around him giving that plus one defense or something. He just gets plopped in another unit that maybe was similar to the one he had. And it's kind of just like an insurance policy.
1: Yeah. But it's a two or three point insurance policy. Which That's true. Really expensive. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I mean, the only, the only real thing I could see this really working with is, you know, incidentally enough, those uh, Jack and Hagar is, Ed St- Ned Stark in disguise conspiracy theories from the spoilers no. from the show. Um, where you know, <laughs> you have you have Ed, you know, you know, Eddard Stark, the commander, you know, the, the unit detachment, the unit commander. Um, who everything of his every one of his cards triggers off of him being there. You know, if you lose him, then yeah, you know, Jack and Hagar is kind of your your insurance that you get to reuse those those uh, tactics cards so they're no longer just dead in your hand.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other hero uh, commanders that are like that. Maybe if they introduce more, I guess maybe, no, not Rattleshirt. Oh, sorry, the Lord of Bones. Um, I'm trying to think of who else could be, maybe as more named commanders come out like Ned, with tactics cards like Ned, maybe he'll become more more valuable. He seems kind of like a win more or like lose more character. Like if you're already winning, you don't really need it. And if you're already losing, it's probably too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the hero box too, we also have Brienne, the Maid of Tarth, and if you're a Kickstarter backer, you may already have her. And then Vargo Hoat, the Goat of Harrenhal, is a character, and all we know is that his commander cards are called the Murmur's Tricks, Remorseless Assault, and the Crippler's Infamy. So we'll be interesting to see what that kind of comes out with.
1: I sure hope that it has something to do with uh, Jamie pushing Bran out of a out of a tower.
0: <laughs> oh. And then I guess the big news here, and uh, Mark, I know you're excited to field these guys. This is
2: all that matters, okay? <laughs> this is the important stuff.
0: Boo, boo to Baratheons. Is, is this when I talk about the Than instead, or do we? Okay, here, now we go with the Baratheons. So, There's some
2: choice words, but I don't want to ruin your podcast, Chase. Oh,
0: gosh. Now, these, these sculpts look amazing. The, the Baratheons are so cool. Let's start off with their basic unit. So their basic infantry unit is the Baratheon Warden. It's got a movement of four, hits on a four-plus at seven, five, three, Three three-plus armor, six morale, and then they've got the Warhammer attack ability. If the defender rolls a one on any defense saves, they become weakened. So, man, when they're hitting, they're getting stuck in there, and they're hitting enemy units and giving them weakened tokens, and then they have three-plus armor, these guys are going to be beasts on the battlefield.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited for these. I've already pre ordered all of it. Um, <laughs> I've said it before, but I'm pretty sure the Brathians, anything with a warhammer, is going to be my spirit animal. I'm pretty <laughs> sure i they're me. They're slow, they're armored, and they like hitting shit with hammers.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for the Mike Meeple painting tutorial on these guys because these are going to look amazing. Yeah, they are.
1: I, I Okay, so I think that they look awesome. I think that they're that Simon has really outdone themselves with the sculpts for these particular, these particular guys. But I don't know, man, I, I, I see them and there's part of it that really speaks to me. You know, my night's watch uh, uh, list, I call the turtle army because it's all about just hunkering down and, and just surviving, you know, longer than the, than your opponent. But I see that four speed and I'm like, and I see that seven attack with a four plus. I'm like, I don't know that they're going to be very good at getting to objectives, you know?
0: Oh, well, yeah, they're sure. going to be slow, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's and, fair. And, and like,
1: and like, and like, if they're not, if they can't get there, I don't know that the seven with a four plus is going to be enough to dislodge guys, you know, d- to dislodge people like, like a Lannister guardsman, even. So, I I I am I am I am excited, but I am cautious as well because we need to see what other support uh, ha- they have coming their way.
2: I was just gonna say I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think already looking at just the one attachment they've shown, like they have some versatility. Like they have a good platform already, and you can add things to them to make them better because they they're already so tanky. I mean, a 3-plus and a 6-plus is pretty solid for a base unit.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's awesome for a base unit.
0: And I don't see these guys as necessarily... I mean, this is the, the workhorse, right? I mean, this is, the, like, the, the foundational piece. Yeah. So you, you have the, that one attachment they've shown us, the Stagnite Noble, and his order is Reckless Vengeance. After this unit is attacked with melee, this unit suffers two wounds and then makes one melee attack targeting the attacker. So with the Baratheon Wardens, two wounds depending on what sort of tactics cards and abilities you have to get healing back onto them. That's a lot, but you get another attack and it's another chance for your opponent to become weakened. So if you get yeah. hit with like multiple attackers, you could be giving both of those two, you'd be hitting one and then hitting the other and passing out weakened tokens. And and that's going to make you so survivable.
2: Yeah. And that's the other thing I don't think really focused on was that Warhammer, if you're rolling seven dice or even five, there's a good chance they're rolling a one and, they're just going to have a hard time doing anything to you. So while I agree that it's going to be hard to get to a spot, once they're there, I don't see you
0: moving them. Yeah, and, and I mean, they've got to be supported with some other sorts of units that will shore up some of that. Without getting too far ahead, I think on Stannis Baratheon, there may be even some cards or a card that might hint at some sort of movement element. Because I think you're right, Mike. If if it's just if this faction's identity is based on like 4-plus movement, it's going to be hard care. for them to get stuff. But
2: you know what? That's part of the challenge. I'm going to have a good time. Stannis the
0: will provide. We'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, you're not going to Renly. I see. Okay. (laughs) No, no. Get out of here. So we get the one tactics card we've seen is Baratheon Conviction. Target one friendly unit and attach this card to them. Discard it when they fail a morale test. While this card is attached, if you control the crown, this unit only suffers one wound from failed panic tests, regardless of abilities or role. If you control the tactics spot on the tactics board this unit's defense save rolls of six block two hits Whew. man thank you it's just adding to it God. i'm not
1: saying i'm not saying they're not going to be standing at the end of the match but i'm just saying they might not have that 10 points needed to win the game
2: right you know i'll give you that but i have faith considering some of the tournaments results we've seen lately that there's going to be something that has more of a punch to it
0: yeah Although I'll tell you what, this is going to be a faction where it's like things like pyromancers, and uh, they're really going to hurt when you're like so tough, but then you've got something that does like automatic wounds. Yeah, but pyros, I mean, they can take it. They'll melt. Out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, they, they'll melt too. And then we've got uh, Stannis Baratheon, the rightful heir, and his command cards that the names of are Oath of Duty, Tactical Approach, and Will of the One True King. And so he's got critical blows, whatever unit he goes into, meaning that their rolls of six cost two hits. So you're definitely going to be getting some uh, weakened tokens out if you put them in the Baratheon Wardens, rolling that many dice um, and you know possibly getting sixes and doubling it. That's a lot of armor saves. He's got unyielding, which is also phenomenal. This unit may never gain condition tokens. He's basically like a scorpion builder crew in all the best possible ways. And maybe we'll talk about loyalty in just a second here. What do you guys think about those first two abilities?
2: So the first time I saw this and even more looking at it, I really think this is one of the better commander uh, attachment cards. You know, we have to look at his tactics to weigh those in because You can't do it in a vacuum. But gaining critical blow and the ability
1: to not have any conditions is huge. Oh, he's insane. He's he's. He is, an, he is insane as a commander. Like, that's so good. And you pay nothing for him? Like, he's right. free. He's free. Exactly. Yeah. We've seen one of his cards. Even if the
2: other two aren't that great, I mean, he's still takeable. For, it, it's, it's great.
0: Yeah, and his one card we do know is pretty amazing. But before we get to that, his other ability is Loyalty Stannis Baratheon. Your army may never include units or attachments with different loyalties. So we've got this basically like this new loyalty card mechanic where there's going to be baratheon units that come out that have a specific loyalty tag or not and when you buy the baratheon box set then you're essentially buying like a faction that has two sub factions in it and if you choose sort of renly or stannis you may be actually fielding different sorts of units and having different alliances with your troops than uh if you go the other way so i think this is cool because not only does it give you more diversity and list playing but if i'm playing against baratheons I'm not going to be necessarily always playing against the same faction of Baratheons. It's almost like too many factions being added in.
2: Yeah, I'm curious to see how this plays out because we haven't seen any attachments that have that loyalty yet. So I don't know how limiting it's going to be, but it, it should be interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I... it's a really cool. I think it's a really cool uh, direction to go. I am a little bit curious, and I might just be misinterpreting or reading into things. Does that mean that they can't take like like? Um, neutral units who don't have the Stannis Baratheon loyalty the way oh. I'm
2: reading it is that you can't take units with different loyalties but if they have no right. loyalty it shouldn't matter
0: right
1: okay okay that makes, that makes more sense then
2: I, I'm assuming we're going to have loyalty Renly Baratheon where right. all the losers are going to go
0: so oh, it's what? not going <laughs> to matter <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh boy this is going to be exciting when these guys come out I can already tell uh, and his, his, uh, his one spoiled commander card is, is great. Uh, Will of the one true King. When you claim the crown zone on the tactics board, replace the zone effects with one enemy combat unit becomes panicked. One enemy combat unit becomes vulnerable. One enemy combat unit becomes weakened. Boom.
2: Yeah. And that goes great with that Baratheon conviction card as well, because you're going to be wanting
1: that crown anyway.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It's
1: yeah. It's so good. You know, it, I mean, Stannis as a commander is looking really, really nasty, but, you know, I just, I, I hate to do it to you, Mark. I just worry that how nasty is the commander if the units, you know, how bad are the units if the commander's so nasty? You know, there's that game balance element.
0: Am I going to have to come
2: out to California
0: and take you (laughs) down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got to do a, yeah, we got to do a on-the-table gaming get-together. We get all the sort of content creators and Play some games. We'll wait till Baratheons are out, though.
2: I mean, he, he, sh- he definitely needs to be taking the crown. He is the one true king, so he, he needs to be
0: taking <laughs> it. Oh, geez. So uh, then the one NCU we have is Alistair Florent, the Lord of Brightwater, and he's got shifting loyalties. Alistair begins the game with two order tokens on him. After Alistair claims a tactic zone, after resolving that zone's effects, you may remove an order token from him to move him to an empty tactic zone or switch zones with an NCU already on the tactics board. What? Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's going to help so insane. much. So, all of you that got your Joffrey Baratheon units, uh, sorry, because you're not going to be having that crown spot.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that he is a counter to a lot of those crown, you know, crown money bags, you know, those 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 uh, tactics board zone cards, you know, he's so good in that. Um, uh, And who cares if you can only do it twice, you know, twice per game, you know, that's two clutch moves that you can just really mess with your opponent.
0: And you get, I mean, I would be happy if it didn't even get the zone effects. If you just like switched him with another spot, but you get the zone effects that you go to and then you flip it. So the other person doesn't claim a zone. They now are on a zone that just does nothing for them,
2: man. And we haven't even talked about the biggest part of this shit. He has a great beard.
0: He does. That is true. Uh, that's I, another amazing sculpt. I can't wait for that one also for your painting tutorials, I, Mike.
1: I will highlight the curly Q mustache um, as yes. much as I can.
0: Oh, so good. I mean, all these sculpts are amazing. Uh, and some interesting thing about the sculpts, so though, there's like some chains. What are those? like? Oh, they might be their leather loops. What is the – on the Baratheon wardens on the sculpt, like hanging essentially between their legs? You mean the balls? You mean the the Nars? (laughs) Do they just have trucker balls? Is that what those are? Like those in the back of trucks? Oh no. Fair enough. Fair enough. I shouldn't even brought that up. (laughs)
2: The brassians don't even need to answer your questions. There we
0: go. Oh yeah, it's it's just plainly visible. Oh gosh. All right. Real men have four balls. Speaking of real men, let's move on to the Targaryens here, uh, where we've got the. uh, So the whole starter set is basically like a Kalisar. You've got a, a Dothraki mounted entirely mounted box and we've got the dothraki screamers as their base unit it's a cavalry unit with movement of six hits on a three plus at seven five five plus armor five plus morale yeah, it's you know kind of a, what you might see as a somewhat typical cavalry unit. what's interesting though is that it's their base unit yeah this is going
2: to change some things having a full i mean we can have full cavalry already but having a full cavalry starter could be interesting
1: i i am as excited as you are about the baratheons i am super excited about the targaryens blasphemy i (laughs) i just think that i think that there's such deep list building and new tactics that are going to come out um because of dealing with you know potentially three different units of cavalry right out the gate i think that's awesome
2: these are going to be really interesting, and, and I, I'm really hot on the Baratheon, but I will pick these up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I sort of mentioned this on a Facebook thread somewhere where someone was discussing um, the popularity of factions. I know that, you know, in our community, the Baratheons are the most hotly, like, you know, a, a desired item. But I feel like for people outside of the game, you know, being at just like local game stores and, and, and seeing people who are not already in the game, uh, Targaryens are a huge draw. That's what people see in the show, at least, you know, Until that last episode, (laughs) people were big Targaryen fans, and uh, I think seeing this whole little Kalisar on the table will probably draw in some new players having this option. Um, But I don't know. What do you think, Mike? I think
1: I'm I'm really excited about him. I I mean, I've I've already I like I've pretty much already pre ordered both starters. So don't worry, don't worry, Mark. I'm I'm getting the Baratheons too. Wait, can
2: we pre order Targaryen already?
1: Uh i i just talked to my local guy so he's
0: <laughs> i'm looking at it, it he's on top of it but um, dedicated. he's on top of it yeah
1: um but like you know i i i'm primarily a night's watch player and and the targaryens their play style based off of the fact that they look like they're about as uh tough as tinfoil um it that doesn't necessarily meld with with the way I play, you know, I like to have those tanky units, you know, but I, I like to be able to attack as well, which is why I go Knights Watch. But there's just something about the the speed and having all of that full cavalry and having all of those options and just being able to ride around, um, ride around. Uh, uh, the the battlefield. I think they're going to have the opposite problem as the Baratheons, where they're going to get to those places. They're going to get to those objectives and score those early points. But I think they are just going to melt when they get cornered, you know? And I, I think that a lot of people are going to take them as their first faction and they're going to have a hard time because I think that they're going to be a little more difficult to play than, than they necessarily think.
0: Uh, So I'm looking at them as basically like an alpha strike faction, uh, and so for me it's really interesting to think about like well how do you set up your order of activations with them so for like the free folk you know a lot of times it's successful to kind of gang up and like hammer somebody with a bunch of units using a raid leader well you kind of have the same situation here is that you're going to be able to get the charge most often but then once you charge in do you have enough staying power to actually damage them enough to wipe a unit out because you really can't attrition like if you do baratheon versus targaryens like ooh man i, I think it's pretty clear that the baratheons are going to come out on top there um even though you know the basic stat line of the dothraki screamers doesn't seem that amazing you do get you know you do have to factor in they're getting like charge bonuses and they're getting the sundering from maybe the flank but once they get stuck in you know they they better take down a rank because they're going to be hitting back and five plus armor they're going to melt just like you're saying mike so i'm thinking it's going to be really a faction about how do you line up and and uh you know, set it up so that you hit them with those rack of screamers and then your veterans or your, your real power punchers come in and then finish the unit off in its entirety.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, there's the potential, I mean, depending on how expensive those screamers are, you know, the cheapest cavalry unit we've seen so far have been the, the, uh, Night's Watch, the, the Ranger, uh, hunters or the Ranger trackers, I mean. Um, but I mean, these screamers, they could come in at a five point unit. Um, and then that, that, I mean that kind of changes your opinion on it. It's like, oh, it's five points for and you get all of that. But but you're totally right. They kind of need to be like this hit and run sort of a faction where they get in and then they they use that retreat and maybe some tactical uh tactics cards, trickery and all that to to preserve themselves.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see how they do that. But and I do agree that they're going to be a faction that you need to really think about what you're doing a bit more. Uh, which worries me, considering all the people I've talked to that aren't in the game yet that are very interested in Targaryen. For sure, mm. for sure. I don't want to turn people away after showing them this, and they say, oh, well, this is ridiculous. This is impossible.
0: So, Yeah, I agree. And then how about those Dothraki veterans? So also Movement 6, also Mounted Cavalry. Uh, they have their basic melee attack. Hits on a 3-plus at 8-5. And then they've got the Dothraki Shortbow. 3-plus to hit as well, 7-5. Four plus armor, four plus morale, and their order is charging volley. After completing a ranged attack, this unit may make a free charge action against the targeted enemy. And their Dothraki shortbow is short range.
1: So good, so good. They are, they are, they are bastards. Girls on cavalry, you know. Except they're they're rolling the potential of fifteen hits at full ranks. Fifteen hits. Yeah, it's crazy. More than anything, I'm
2: kind of curious to see what attachments we get, because that makes a big difference when you get two attacks, if you have
0: some good attachments. Yeah, and I just wonder also, uh, for this unit, at first I thought they were much worse than the Bastards Girls, just because they don't have the uh, the same range. But now I'm, they you know, the Bastards Girls have, what, long range, right? Uh, but sure. you know what? The cavalry makes it so they can move up into position and get that short-range shot anyway, so it's actually way easier with these guys. So I think these guys are going to be brutal. And like you said, depending on which, what you put in as an attachment, it's going to make a big deal. And, and I know we're going to have Jorah Mormont. We, have a, we know the sculpt for him. I can't imagine him necessarily being like a... I kind of see him maybe being more defensive, but maybe I'm just thinking too much like knights in armor. Um, maybe he'll give an offensive bonus. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But the attachments we have seen. This, so there's the Screamer Co. or Screamer KO. And it's fueled by Slaughter. Each time this unit destroys an enemy rank, it may restore one wound. If it destroys an enemy's last rank, restore up to D3 wounds instead, which is pretty great. But I think more important for maybe the faction is the onslaught ability. If this unit is targeted by the melee attack tactic zone, it may make a free charge action instead of an attack action.
1: yeah that's huge you know and you see that on the uh, the Caldrogo card too you know the, the, that that's kind of a, a thing a, a theme for them so there's now there's now two spaces there's now two spaces on the tactics boards that are going to give them the ability to move you know to move yeah. and to attack you know you've got you've got the maneuver zone or the retreat zone right either way you want it and then now you get to claim this. And and uh, charge in and attack again and then attack with them again, you know, or activate them and do that and charge in, you know. Yeah, they've you got can a lot cycle of good, some
0: mean stuff.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of really really good options to to keep them from getting bogged down. But uh, again, you got to keep them from getting
0: bogged down. And then Caldrogo, uh, Drogo, the great call. So he's got Shattering Assault. This unit's charge attacks gain Sundering, and they also have Onslaught. So Sundrig is going to be amazing on these guys because it's not that difficult with cavalry to get a flank or a rear charge. So that's going to turn your flanks to minus two armor, and your uh, rear charges to minus three. Oof, you're going to be pushing through a lot of damage.
2: Yeah, especially
0: if
1: you get it twice because you used uh, charging volley. Jeez, yeah, yeah, he's (sighs) he's he's great. This. I, we don't know what he is yet, but I, I, this looks like a commander attachment and not necessarily, uh, you know, a two or three point attachment. Um, but for a commander attachment, I think that's pretty solid.
0: And then, of course, uh, we have a tactics card, Fury of the Dragon. When you claim a zone on the tactics board, replace that zone's effect with one friendly combat unit may make one free maneuver or retreat action. Until the end of the round, each time a friendly combat unit successfully charges, the defender becomes panicked or vulnerable. Your choice. Whoa. Yeah, that's a long time to. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> oh, is that until the end of the round? Yes. Yeah. So oh, here's gosh. what I love about this card is that now you've got to make a choice, right? You, if you play this like as your first thing, like right off the bat, so the whole round, everyone's got panic and vulnerable when they charge. You just gave up on early activation. You might get countercharged instead, or you might wait until, you know, a few of your units are already engaged. And then you can use this to either retreat or get into a better position, but you've got to make like a very careful choice about the board state about when this goes down. Either way, it's effective. It's so good. It's
1: it's super good. And
0: yeah. And that's just the generic. Like that's not a commander card. That's just in their basic tactics deck. (sighs) Yeah,
2: that's going to be interesting.
0: I'm excited. And then uh, it's still better, but I'm excited. (laughs) And then Daenerys Targaryen, the Khaleesi, conviction of a true Khaleesi, is an influence. When influencing a unit, that unit gains plus one movement and their melee attacks roll plus two attack dice. Wow. That
2: that (laughs) movement is really going to go great with a free maneuver, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Holy crap.
1: That goes right on those Dothraki veterans. You know, that goes right on.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, whatever we need to do because I mean, boom—that's that's long range right there, right? Right. You know, seven inches, and then the and then you shift two to get into short range, right? So that's that's nine inches,
0: right? You know, then that then you,
1: is, geez. and then you have six six inches on top of that. That's a fifteen inch threat radius.
0: And then you wipe the unit out, and then you reconsolidate backwards or something so that they yeah. can't countercharge, and you just wait for the next round. Yeah. Jeez. These yeah, yeah. Because that's,
1: can... that's plus two attack dice. You know, yes. that means so that means she the those veterans are rolling ten and nine, you know, on that on that charging oh my volume. God. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's crazy. Uh another thing I noticed is I better get good at painting faces because there's three on the Cal Drago model.
0: Oh. Oh man. yeah. This the head. This that's a severed head. At least three. <laughs> oh man. Oh there yeah, are
1: two severed heads. I didn't yep. see that.
0: And then I wonder what other sort of NCU's they'll have for the Targaryens. Because I mean, she, you know, in the books and even in the show, which maybe the books will go in the similar direction. You know, they, she sure has had a lot of uh, interesting NCU's helping her out along the way.
1: Yeah, it looks like you know from the from the uh, stream. It looked like we got what's his face, the Illyrio Mopatis, Mopatis, yes. the big fat, the cheese lord, isn't that what they call him?
0: <laughs> he gave her the dragon's eggs. Yeah, I wonder what he'll do. Hmm. That was something
2: I wish they would have talked I mean I hope they talk about it in the books where those dragon dates come from. Where do you get them? Well you see
0: when a mommy dragon loves a daddy dragon. Yeah. I so <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I mean just some good stuff. And I think this is this is going to be uh really helping picking up the game. I think the game is growing in general. And I mean this is still I mean they said it was a ben it's been about a year. And that's funny to hear like the game that des- the game designer's view on it because yeah the Kickstarter ended in June. Stuff didn't get out until like august september right i don't know when you guys got your kickstarters i got mine in july wait of last year son of a guns (laughs) i got mine go
1: go back and look at the first painting poorly jamie lannister i think it was like july 18th or july 16th something like that
0: i i got mine like mid august and uh i was so pumped and josh didn't get his for like another two weeks or something or maybe it was three weeks and he was I already have like a bunch of my stuff painted up by the time we got to play. Oh, uh, I, ge- I guess, I guess it has been, man. All right. So, I mean, but we've already had, uh, you know, we got, we have four factions out. By the end of this year, we're going to have six factions out. That's crazy. Things are going really fast. I'm almost, almost a little bit nervous about how fast things are coming out. Yeah. I'm running out of shelf space in my closet. Yeah. Um... I'm running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, let me, let me
0: rephrase. I'm running out of money
2: my wife will let me spend.
0: There we go. There, we go. there it is. There We're going to start up the uh, On the Table Gaming Plasma Donation Center to sell your plasma for minis. I think, that's,
1: I think that is getting into the literal definition of plastic crack right there.
0: Now that I've got these teasers of all these units, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to find out more stuff. But there's so many great things coming out down the line. We've still got a bunch of units that we know, we've known about, like the Blackguard coming out. We got Fens on the horizon, uh, the followers of Bone, a lot of cool stuff. So I know this is, the, this is a, a great time to be a Song of Ice and Fire player. I yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's it's awesome. I was talking with somebody online about this that it's it's at just like the perfect stage right now where it's it's growing. It's got a decent enough audience, but it's not super popular yet. So people aren't super competitive. You know, there's not like the million dollar tournament or or anything like that. There's not quote a quote unquote meta yet where pe- right. everybody's running the same list. Um and it's just a really exciting time for the game.
2: Well there's no meta yet because Stannis the Manus isn't out yet. Oh he's, that- the gonna, oh. he's gonna be the, the meta finder. Hmm
0: mm-hmm. interesting. The one true king of the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> oh man. And I guess uh you know we've got we got sent a bunch of of information from the CMO Expo Tournament. I still gotta go through all the 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 sheets and lists and data. I'm going to try and get that up on the website. Um, but it looks like really as far as meta and things like that, everyone's talking about like certain factions being overpowered. Basically the one thing I've been seeing from the tournament data is it's like really inconsistent. Like a lot of different factions are winning. There's no real clear faction that's plowing ahead. So that's kind of yeah. crazy considering that some factions have been out longer and have more units.
2: Well, this is what I meant by, um, with the brassians we were talking about, oh, you know, they're missing some pieces, they're not going to be able to move in quickly. Um, I trust the developers based on those kind of results.
1: Yeah. Yeah, everything's everything's really, really balanced. I mean, you know, going into Adepticon, you heard everyone talking about, um, you know, Don Schelke's, you know, two pyros list two Pyro's Lannisters and then look what wins it is is Free Folk you know it's just crazy
0: right well thank you guys so much for coming on here we, we gotta do this more often I gotta get what do we have coming up for you Mike and uh on your website what um, are we really looking for
1: yeah uh working on working on some some song stuff uh just you know just started the uh the batman uh gotham city chronicles uh uh painting poorly and those are doing fine but you know my heart my heart really lies with with the song community um so this this month we should be doing um you should be seeing some warrior sons uh oh, nice. yeah yeah I, I was really excited to paint those guys because those those blasted rainbow rainbow cloaks rainbow capes Mm-hmm. Um, I, have seen a lot of, uh, people doing them online and no one's done them quite the way that I'm planning on doing them. So, um, hopefully it doesn't suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rainbow cloaks. That's hard though. Whew.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's really hard. So I'm gonna, I've got some ideas I've been practicing with a few dummy models, um, just to kind of make sure that, that, uh, my theory
0: actually works, um but we'll see. We'll see. How about you, Mark? Anything coming up on the horizon? Uh, not too much. I'll uh, I'll get the updated
2: cards out there probably before this podcast airs, and then I'll uh, I'll think about trying to get the Brassian Targaryen out there, but there's not really enough yet to, to right. load up the builder.
0: And with no point values, it kind of gets a little bit difficult, huh?
2: Yeah, I don't really have any full data yet, and I don't want to put anything out there that isn't accurate you're
0: gonna feel the speculation just put random numbers on it and i'm just gonna put the uh
2: the others faction back out oh, there, there we go really yeah. confuse new players
0: well you know thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast and if you're new to the community mike and mark have been really supporting a song of ice and fire since as you guys heard from like the very beginning and back when this community was really small we didn't know how things would do and you know building a tool that's so useful that really, you know, this is, you had a Song of Ice and Fire builder up before the app. Like there were no other ways to build lists besides your site. And, I think uh, it was
2: up before the official release.
0: Yeah, I, oh, it definitely was. And uh, I, I remember being in the beginning, people being like, you know, how do I build a list for this? And it's like one guy was like, well, I just spread all my cards out on the table and I move them around. And it's like, yeah, that's one way, but it can be a little helpful to have, to have a builder. So, you know, thank you so much for, for all the time you put into getting that going. And to your brother, Frank, as well. Uh, if you go back and listen to one of our early episodes when we had them on talking about it. And, uh, Mike, you know, making it accessible. And I love your painting guides. And when, when I get new people, a lot of people coming into the hobby who have never painted before. And it's just great to be, able to be like, yeah, no, go check out Mike's, Mike's uh, painting poorly for A Song of Ice and Fire. And, um, yeah, just making it accessible. And I'm excited to see how this game grows. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. So with that being said, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And until then, we hope you get your miniatures on the table.